Hey guys, thanks for joining this podcast. Today is going to be recording only. There's going to be no video on YouTube. This will just be for my podcast listeners. I'm excited to jump into some topics, but I think it'd be fun not be so structured. I think it'd be fun just to be a little bit more organic, get you guys into a little bit about my brain, a little bit about what's going on. Uh, I get a lot of questions of like, dude, what do you like do for a living? And that's a really great, great question. So Jumping right in. Uh, my name is Josh Andrew. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is called Conversations. And today, uh, we're, I'm having a conversation with you. Um, more of a monologue than a dialogue because you cannot talk back to me. This is a pod. Um, yeah, I just wanted to jump in a few things. Uh, I'm excited. We have some guests coming on that I'm going to be interviewing today in about an hour and just wanted to record an audio one for you guys uh, got some solo pods, some interview pods, um, doing some business stuff outside of social and marketing. Um, the, the, the answer, I guess, to what I do for a living. Obviously, I've been in the church space for about 10 years now, almost. Uh, so I do a lot of church stuff, working with pastors, working with leaders. Um, yeah, building the local church as best as I can. Um, I also have been in the marketing and like digital marketing space for quite some time, uh, probably the, almost the exact amount of time as uh, when I got saved. So I I do that as well. I work with brands. I work with businesses, entrepreneurs. I'm currently working with a startup. Uh, their main objective is to get people connected to the local church. So that's really cool. Um, if you haven't found a church that you're looking for, um, maybe there's just been a disconnect or maybe you were hurt or whatever. We want to help you find a local church. So if you can hit just, um, in the show notes, there'll be a, a link to crossover. You can go over there. Um, but let's, let's jump right into the topic today. I wanted to, uh, give you guys some meat today. So I want to talk about evangelism today. I think uh, maybe last week I made a post about evangelism and kind of what the actual term means and the importance of it. Um, but I, I believe that the word evangelism has had some negative associations and misconceptions often linked to uncomfortable activities like door knocking. Um, like in the old days, they used to like hand out tracks or CDs like, hey, listen to this. and Hopefully you'll get saved. We obviously have seen the picketed fences outside screaming with the picture of a dead baby, um, but that's that's not what evangelism really is. The, um, the evangelism in its bare bones kind of Josh Andrew translation, I guess, would just be helping somebody else see the love of Jesus through your story in the gospel. And obviously, we know the gospel is he who knew no sin became sin, so we may we might become the righteousness with God. So the point of the gospel is we're broken, we're hurt, we're lost people without Jesus. With Jesus, we can actually find an abundant life, John 10, 10. So the point of the gospel is we have nothing to give, we have nothing to provide, Let yet Jesus in himself came to earth to die 
on behalf of us so we could actually have a relationship with God. We could be right standing with God, like the verse I just quoted. So the, the word evangelism, I think, is best used when we think about the local church. I think the local church is God's plan A for the for humanity. Um, and of course, the local church is built upon people. You, you as a listener, you are a Christian, or maybe you're not. That's okay. Thanks for listening. Um, but you you attend a local church. That local church puts on services, worship services. Maybe there's specific things going on. Um, but through that local church, what we do is we bring our friends. We bring, bring the people that we love, bring the people that we're maybe going to the coffee shop with, whatever. And I think that's, I think that's God's plan A, but I want to help you understand the importance of personal evangelism. And I remember going to an event when I was in middle school, uh, only because my friends went just for fun, obviously not because I understood anything they were communicating, but I remember just learning about the importance of evangelism. And we have a clear call to action from Jesus in his last words, we're to go and make disciples. We're, we're supposed to go and make them. It's your job. So the point of sitting in a room praying for people to give their life to Jesus makes no sense to me because you yourself are supposed to go have friends and go share the gospel with them and go share the good news. So you want if you want to spread the gospel, uh, do it by having friends and going out and having fun and sitting in coffee shops with people who might not know Jesus or going out to dinner and connecting with people in your neighborhood, in your network, maybe in your workplace, whatever. Um, but there, there's a theory here that the word or the term evangelism in itself is actually not mentioned in the Bible. And I know that that might offend some people, but that's okay. That's what I'm kind of here to do. But the word evangelism is not in the Bible, but the concepts or the, the essence of, the, of evangelism is obviously in the Bible. Similar to revival, I made a post um, a while ago about how the word revival is not in the Bible. The word, so I don't know why Christians are so uh, in love with revival. I think the essence of revival is clear to clear as day in the Bible because God wants people to give his life to Jesus and worship him, obviously. But I think us praying for revival in a room is a similar thing of praying for people to give life to Jesus. I think it's your responsibility to go love and serve people and share the good news. And we we know that we cannot save anyone. God, it, God does the saving. We do uh, the planting. We we just put seeds in people's hearts, and God will do God will do the rest. But it's important to recognize that traditional methods of evangelism may not be the most effective ways to make disciples. Like I said, the handing out CDs, I mean, honestly, right now, the social media, like pop up on TikTok, like, wait, wait a minute, let me pray for you. Let me, let me share the good news. It's probably not as fruitful as we think. 81, this is the stat that I want to share with you guys. 81% of decisions made for Christ by raising their hand in a service, and you can probably equate that to other things as well, but the, the call to action gospel, 81% of those people within a year will denounce their faith and stop believing in Jesus. Holy smokes, that's a lot. 78% of people who make a personal decision 
to follow Jesus through a friendship last their whole life. So 78% of people. So that seems like way more efficient and effective than just bringing in people and doing a call to action. And don't get me wrong. I think those two things are not bad, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive of one or the other. I'm actually a huge fan of call to actions at the end of service. I honestly don't understand why you would do a Sunday service without sharing the gospel at the end. That's kind of the whole point. Um, but you need, to, you need to understand that evangelism, like I said, is not in the Bible, that word. The essence of it is, and the way that we might have done it in the past is not going to be the way we do it in the future. Think about this. Acts was written, what, like 2,000 plus years ago. The the things that the the leaders of the church in Acts and even in the New Testament were doing, the essence of it is the exact same thing today. We're sharing the story of Jesus, the miracles he did, and even through the Old Testament, finding Jesus in it to say, hey, this is why we follow him. That essence is the exact same as today. and it might look different. We need to be able to explore alternative approaches and methods to fulfill the commandment that Jesus gave us. The key to adopting and innovating and sharing the gospel is considering the context, culture, and needs of the people being reached. I'll say that point again because it was fire. The key is to adopt and innovate in sharing the gospel, considering the context culture and needs of the people. So what is the context? Like, how do you know this person? What is your relationship? The culture. Think about your culture. If I went into Afghanistan right now, or Ukraine, versus where I live near Los Angeles, about an hour away from there, the, the culture is so much different. And the way I communicate to people is so different than what I did even in the Midwest and my wife and I live there. And the needs of people, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Sometimes sharing the good news or the love of Jesus is through practical needs, our city needs. Our church, it's incredible. They feed about 350 families every Thursday. And some of these families have no idea that it's a church. Some of them don't believe in Jesus. But the point is we're meeting a need so that they can experience the the love of Jesus. I'll say that. So how, how, do, how do we be more effective in sharing the gospel? I'd say this. You need to be a great friend. I'll, yeah, you need to be a great friend. Before anything else, if you don't understand the point of friendship, this is going to be a long journey for you as a Christian. Because the reality is, God's going to be looking at your day-to-day when you get to heaven and say, hey, what did you do with what you had? Just like Exodus 4, of, or yeah, I think it's Exodus 4 of Moses. What did you do with what you had? He had a staff and he used it to bring his people through freedom. You yourself, you have something in your hand, something in your heart that God has commissioned you to use to share the gospel. It might be country music, it might be dancing, it might be graphic design, whatever it is, there are people that are in love with what you create and they would love to sit at coffee, maybe on a FaceTime, maybe on a Zoom, maybe in DMs of Instagram. However, again, we're not married to methods. We're married to the message. Methods come and go, but the message in itself, the essence, will always stand true. Hebrews 13.8, the verse that every single worship leader has quoted, probably because they don't read their Bible. <clears throat> I'm just kidding, but some of them do. Hebrews 13.8, obviously, 
God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. The essence is the same. But the ultimate aim to fulfill the mission of Christ by spreading the good news and making disciples, regardless of the specific terminology employed. So we, regardless of terminology, regardless of strategy, regardless of methods, the point of it is to share the good news through a one-on-one interaction is more effective than a Sunday or Wednesday service. Those things are important. Like I said, they're not mutually exclusive. We should do both. But the reality is your effectiveness will come down to your friendship. So maybe you're a church leader and you have 10 people serving on your team. You need to be asking who are their friends and when are they hanging out with them? And if they don't have time to hang out with their friends, you're the problem. So give them free time to hang out with friends, have fun, laugh, enjoy themselves, and also be a light in dark places because that is our responsibility. I'll share this story and then I will be done with you. Thanks for listening. I had a roommate, Cade, the, probably one of the best graphic designers on the planet, but he lived with me for about two and a half, three years and literally lived with me and would have called himself an atheist. He had spell books. He had a bunch of different stuff um, in our apartment on his side, on my side. Obviously, I had Bibles and theology books and all that stuff. So it was really fun to be able to kind of see how that would play out. But getting to the point here, I never once quoted scripture at him. I never once argued with him about his beliefs versus mine, pro-life versus whatever. We never had those debates. Sometimes we did in fun, I'll be honest. But point of it is, I never shoved it down his throat. What I did was I lived a life that he was able to witness. Obviously, he lived with me. So if anyone knew who Josh was, it would be him. And throughout that journey, what ended up happening was his heart was softened and served at our church, gave his life to Jesus, and just the most incredible experience that I could probably ever pinpoint was him giving his life to Jesus and saying, man, I wish there was a scale around me because I could have, if I would have weighed myself, I would have felt lighter is what he said. So the point of this short pod is evangelism is important and it should be not a strategy or a personality like the gift of an evangelist, the person who goes and shares the gospel from mass places. And you're not an evangelist, let's be honest. If you're not bringing like 10,000 people in a, in a place, you're not an evangelist, but you're called to evangelism. That's where Christians use vocabulary to hide their giftings or run away from it. Well, I don't have the, that gift. Well, yeah, you do. It's called God commanded you to. So go and make disciples. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Be a good friend today. Don't worry about quoting Old Testament scripture at somebody who doesn't believe it. Don't worry about talking to another Christian about their tithing report. All that stuff is important. And God is so pumped that you're doing it. But if you could do one thing today, be a really great friend, be a great listener, be a great encourager. Nobody should be more generous than you at the dinner table, at the bus stop, whatever it is. Be the best you can be at being a friend. Thank you for watching this. I hope 
Thank you for listening to this. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired you. Please, if you can, subscribe to this channel. Maybe give it a review if you've been watching it for a minute. No worries if not. I appreciate you a ton. We'll see you next week.